Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Buzicruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. Would you believe it, folks? Would you believe it? Guess guess who is on the other line of this podcast right now? George Washington. <laughs> the next best thing to George Washington. Steve Jobs. Uh, the third, the third best thing next to George Washington and Steve Jobs is, is none other than than Mickey Baines. Mickey, it's been months, May, my friend. Uh, how are you? Are you still alive? We're, you know, we've been through a nice summer break. Um, into the fall break mm. and now we're ready to hit a, another season have you been Is rving it? at all this summer not only have i been rving throughout the summer we were going 52 or 55 of 72 days in the summer jeez once we are done recording this uh, a little later today we'll be taking off for a weekend maybe 20 minutes from the house, but we've got like six other families joining us. Um, we're all going to be camping for a weekend together and just living the fall and enjoying the weather. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, as much as we love talking about RVs and camping, you know, that's, that isn't like the core. No, no, let's, let's transition show. to the core. So we, should, we should transition to the core. And actually we have a special guest to introduce who's going to become much more than a guest, but is actually going to help take over the hosting of this of this wonderful series, this wonderful segment with with Mickey. And that is none other than Shane Keel. Welcome Shane Keel to Fanatical Fridays. Hello. I already feel unqualified. I know nothing about our being. I have no idea what Harvest <laughs> Host is. I thought that was gonna be a bread company. So <laughs> I'm super, super excited for the learning that's about to happen. I think it'll be Mickey talks ninety nine percent of the time and I'll say hi at the beginning and That'll be an episode. Oh, no. We're, you're going to get to talk more than that. I'm, we're going to put you on the spot early on. I'm just going to tell you, give you a heads up. It's coming. Um, just to count, count on to have you start chiming in. And Shane, Shane works a lot or has historically worked a lot behind the scenes on our content production, our programming, working with uh, team members to ensure that we're coming up with new shows, new series, et cetera. And now he's taking a, a, a stab at kind of coming out. Um you know, onto onto a real pod, and he'll be co-hosting this segment, as I mentioned before, from from here on out with Mickey. Um, Mickey, I know that you had some. You wanted to kind of quickly put Shane on the spot and just say, ask him questions about things he wants to talk about or cover over the next several episodes, and then I think you had some ideas as well. Yeah. So, um, so Shane, we're going to put you on the spot. Uh, we're going to let you kind of pick our topics um, that we'll dive into over the next few weeks. What's on your list? What's on your mind, Shane? Yeah, I think a, a two two big ones just from a tactical standpoint are chatbots and texting. I think those are both things just from what I think we're hearing from people that seems to be a little not confusing in that they they know what they are, but how to best make them work for their institution, their size. Um, there's kind of a lot of factors at play and, and chatbots are obviously super flexible. Texting is, you know, in becoming more flexible in the ways that you can use them. So chatting through what those could potentially look like for different types of institutions, I think would be super helpful. Um, I love themes whenever there's a chance to tie in a theme. So I feel like thinking about like prime pumpkin spice latte season, 
what is your school's pumpkin spice latte? It's what is something that you can kind of pull on once a year only, but it's, it's a, you know, a winner every time, but it's not something you can have year round because then it loses its value. So what's, what's your school's pumpkin spice? So the one time meaning the six months of the year that we can get our pumpkin spice. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a big deal for six months a year. Come Christmas, if you're not getting the, uh, What's the, the peppermint, Starbucks, mocha. peppermint, the peppermint mocha, mocha at Starbucks? What, what, December one, pumpkin spice latte goes out the window. You're onto your peppermint mocha. I get the theme. What are your hits? Mm, I like that. Do you think about PSL like that? That strategy, Shane, being like something that would happen w- within like a recruitment season. Like, hey, every year for our October events, we we do like a Halloween spooky random open house theme, or like like what? How how do you see that like fleshed out with respect to kind of a, a recruitment campaign. Yeah, I, I think it's it should be ideally something that's maybe a little more unconventional. Not that pumpkin spice latte is unconventional, but it is, it's new, it's unique. Ideally it feels right for the time of year, but it's not something like, oh, our fall open house is our pumpkin spice latte because it works yeah. really well and gets us lots of students. It's like, well yeah, but you've always done that. You'll always probably do that. And pretty much everybody does that. So here here's one and it, it, again this is not going to be unique. Um, it's not something every school does. So some schools will have, uh, a, an event for high school counselors on their campus once a year. It's like an open house just for them so that they can see and experience the campus, what this prospective student sees. They can hear more about the changes in programs and get to see and really understand what makes that institution special and different from others. Mm. And so they, you know, we're going to wine and dine you. You're going to come in, you're going to have some lunch. We're going to give you some swag. We're going to let you meet the president, the VP and all this kind of stuff, just like you were a very special prospective student. uh, And they might have something like that. And from that, you know, they, I, I know some schools that do it and that have done it not forever, but for four or five years. And they have steadily seen numbers of students coming from those schools that attend every year increase. We've also heard comments from folks from our clients that have, when they brought some folks on saying, this is the first time I've been on this campus in 10 years. Wow. What a difference. All Mm -hmm. these buildings. I didn't think it looked like this. I didn't think I would feel like this on the campus. It changed their perception and that changes their likelihood of sending students their way. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, There's your pumpkin spice. Cool. Yeah. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like the framing though a lot of like, yeah, what is something? Because I, I feel like there is, higher ed is so cyclical and we tend to just kind of like do the same things over and over and over. And, you know, it's one thing to be like, yeah, what is the theme of this particular open house? It's another thing to think about. What is something that we could do and almost like develop a, re- a reputation for like once a year, mm-hmm. this kind of thing happens during you know, recruitment season and, and then it goes away. And, um, and then you got to wait again until, you know, the following year to see it. There are those moments, but there are other moments in the year. So you have black Friday, but you also have cyber Monday and some of those moments. So just like pumpkin spice, but then you have the peppermint mocha. So there are seasonal moments you might have. Mm -hmm. There might be one that peaks. Peppermint mocha doesn't sell like pumpkin spice. Right. Um, so Cyber Monday, maybe it does better than Black Friday now. I don't think it does yet. At some point it will. But, you know, you still got your marquee moment, but you have Mm. other key moments throughout your enrollment cycle. So you've got an open house. You're going to have, you know, that might be, that's not a unicorn, obviously, but it is a marquee event. Each campus has one. What are the other marquee events that maybe not that big, 
but they're also very crucial to your enrollment process, to that recruitment process. What are those? And let's talk about different ideas for those. If your email templates or website are stuck in 2010, or your program brochures look like they could have been made in Microsoft Paint, it's time to give the sponsor of this week's episode a call. Meet Unincorporated. Unincorporated is a higher education agency committed to building awareness, growing enrollment, and launching programs for universities. If Nike and Apple decided to venture into the higher education branding space, their top competitor would be Unincorporated. Meet the disruptors in the education design industry and subscribe to their newsletter to get a weekly download of the most important trends in higher ed at unincorporated.com forward slash enrollify. Again, that's unincorporated.com forward slash enrollify. Circling back to your other topic, Shane, too, on chatbots, I think one of the things that would be super cool for you guys to do, and you know, maybe selfishly, I could like join for this episode um, or something like oh, that. Here but... we go. Here we go. You can't let go. Hardy wants back in. You can't let go. <laughs> can't let go. No, but no. Or, or I'll just, I'll just watch. But almost doing like, and you know, I, we might have to be a little careful here. But I'm thinking like a throwdown of like helping folks, like almost like rating the different chatbots that are on the market and talking about like, hey, which ones are good? Which ones? You know, which ones are good for you if you're you find yourself in this context versus better for you if you find yourself in a different context? Because one of the, the biggest things actually, you know, from a just a search volume standpoint, uh, on Chatter and Rollify's uh, review site, we get a lot of people looking specifically for chatbots. And like we rank, I think in Rollify ranks like number one for higher ed chatbots or reviews on higher ed chatbots or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of like search volume around trying to figure this out. So I think it, it would be a super interesting episode to maybe go and it would require probably a little bit of like prep ahead of time, but talking to folks, customers of each of these, these chatbots and almost kind of like unveiling like a, you know, from Fanatical Friday's opinion, <laughs> these are, these are the best chatbots for you if you work in these contexts. And we can do that. And I think we can probably do that in, in, in other use cases as well. I think um, SMS, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that, you know, I've done uh, at my company uh, and I can't say I, our team, uh, we've done that with SMS, that feature set comparison. Um, you know, how, how do they differ? Uh, and we can look at that. And then, then so we can do that chatbots. We can do that SMS. Um, and the other thing I would throw in there to an extent for SMS, but I think people understand that a little better. Uh, but with chatbots, what are the components to actually turning this on and making it actually work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Work for you and provide value. Because there are components to setting this up and getting it done right. Some of those feature sets will be a part of the chatbots you're looking at. Some of them won't. We've got clients, for example, who have chatbots on the site, but none of that data of the chat that's actually occurring is in the CRM. We don't know what students are, who, which ones of them are actually engaging with it. Yeah. Um, someone on the back end might see it, but they're not bringing it in the CRM. Well, you know, there are campaigns and communication that you can build on that mm-hmm. uh, and and communicate with folks, automate other communications with them based on that. So let's talk a little bit about that components and what, what does it actually take to effectively get one turned on and have it really work for you? Uh, because we've done this with several clients and their level of understanding and knowledge when they start the process has been widely different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just like you're seeing Zach, in terms of people, the search volume is there, the knowledge base of how this works and how it can work for you is, is also very wide. And yeah. let's, let's try to narrow that gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Zach, we've even had numerous conversations with people that 
every time they hear chatbot, they just think, well, we don't have somebody that can sit there 24 seven. We don't have a call center. We don't have, and it's like, that's not <laughs> the extent of chatbots. And like, yes, what's the difference between live chat? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And automation. Uh, and uh, some of the big sticky yes. points are like the handoff and when does it go from automation to, you know, live chat and those are things. Yeah. you. It's, it's, it's crazy. So. so I think those are some great topics. Those are three right there um, to get us started going into the fall as we get ready to move into the winter, really. Um, yeah, I think those are awesome. Now, let's flip this on a tiny, tiny bit. I'll put you on the spot. I've got a little bit of a content I want to go through out today. I'm not going to schedule this for later. I want to do it now. All We've right. got time. <laughs> let's do this. Let's talk about bullets versus cannonballs. Shane, I, I gave you a heads up. I want to talk about this. I didn't tell you what I want to talk about other than bullets and cannonballs. And this is a concept I'm stealing from Jim Collins from his book, BE 2.0, Beyond Entre Entrepreneurship. That's a book that he wrote um, with one of his mentors in the, I think in the nineties, like it's long ago. And last year or year somewhere 21 or 22, he rewrote that or came out with a new edition of that. And while keeping the original content added in sections of Jim's view from 2020. Um, so mm. we can really look at how that's changed. Uh, and if you don't know Jim Collins, you don't, then you, you maybe have heard the book Good to Great. That was, I think, the one that really propelled uh, him forward. Although he's got books all around that cycle of, of from Good to Great. He's got Built to Last was actually, was actually written before Good to Great. And that's really taking those great companies and making them Built to Last. Uh, but aside from that, let's talk about um, Bullets and, and Camels. And it's thinking about how you expend your dollars and resources for new things. Um, you know, and if you are in the 1800s and you're on this old wooden uh, battleship and you've got enough gunpowder to light this one cannonball, what happens if you expend that gunpowder on that one cannonball and miss with another ship coming right at you? You're done. You don't have any other options. But what the successful companies are doing, they're not spitting their gunpowder on that cannonball. They're taking a little bit of gunpowder and they're firing a bullet so that they can see the trajectory. They mm. can see if it's going left, if it's going right. They can see how fast the other ship's coming towards them until they go bullet, 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 hit. We mm. hit it. And once they've got that, then they take the rest of the gunpowder for that cannonball to go and fire and hit. It saves you from the big misses. And what we see so often um, are deans, directors, VPs afraid to spend dollars on this new initiative because it's going to take a lot of money. And that's a lot of risk. And if they don't hit, they've lost it all. And so what we would recommend is how do you find the bullets versus the cannonball? How do you take this concept that you're interested in but not so sure about yet? And it doesn't have to be even brand new ones. Because, Zach, this is where I want to tie it into you, because you look at what you're doing at DD and in Rollify. You know, if you start talking about inbound marketing, it's been around forever in other industries. And it's been around forever in higher ed, but not everyone has always gotten it. And, and it's how do we convince folks that this really is the right way to go? And, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm saying here it, it is the right way to go, but it's a risk because it's not cheap and you can't do it. So what are for inbound, as an example? For taking that approach, shifting the way you communicate and you draw interest in, what are the bullets? Mm, mm. And that's real key. If you can find the bullets, and I'll say this to you as the person who's presenting at the schools, if you're presenting bullets versus cannonballs, you got better shots at winning. 
because then you can also show them the proof in the pudding and the wins with smaller wins because they're bullets, but then they move from bullets to cannonballs. Yeah. We've done that so often, you know, from a technological standpoint, when we're looking with, with clients, there are, I can't tell you the number of institutions that come to us because other in, other companies don't want to work with them because they only have a few thousand dollars to spend. If, if it's not six figures, we don't touch it. Or if it's not 50,000, we won't touch it. Other firms. And this is a reverse issue that you're having. But, but we'll take a $2,500 or $3,000 system update and help that client get there because that client just paid me to market to them and show them what we can do. We demonstrated our knowledge set, what we can do. And I will tell you, 100% of those clients have come back for other work. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's not $3,000 work. And now it's not six figures that those schools don't have that amount. But when you think about growing your client base, when you think about building that up, it's, just, it's the same thing on the reverse side. If you don't, if you have a hundred thousand, you're not likely going to want to say, Hey, I'm going to take that instead of spending on this thing. That's not lit the world on fire, but has helped me meet my enrollment goal every year for the past 10 years. It's dwindling a little bit every year, but it still is the key to get me to my enrollment goal. You don't want to give that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big risk, but how can I take a smaller piece of the pie for a bullet to show the bullets ROI compared to the dwindling piece so that maybe not in one more year, but it could be five more years that one bullet becomes two bullets, becomes five bullets, 10 bullets, the cannonball. I love you, Mickey. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that, but that's what we need folks to do. We need you taking some of those dollars and resources to test and try. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's the same old, same old. And the same old, same old is a little smaller every year. Yeah. And we, we can't handle smaller every year because at some point, if anything drastic can't happens, that little bit smaller becomes a lot smaller and you can't make that up. I want to hear what Shane thinks about this. But one thing that this just reminds me of, Mickey is I put out this, I think it was a LinkedIn post or something a little while ago, but talking about like how one of the questions we we get are folks who listen to Enrollify content, like they'll write in and they'll talk about like, we talk a lot about content strategy, right? We talk a lot about SEO and they'll be like, oh, well, like, you know, where, where do I know, you know, to start here? Like, how do I know where to start here? And I can't, you know, effectively increase SEO across my program portfolio of a hundred programs, right? Within a year's period of time. Well, so how do I know like where to start? And one of the things, you know, that, that I kind of threw out is as just one idea of where, where, where someone could start is if you want to sort of like validate a content idea and you're like, Hmm, this is something that like, I think people might be interested in, or this is a new program we're offering, or this is a new spin on a program that we're offering using a platform like TikTok or Instagram reels or something that has a viral component to it. It's easier to go viral on these platforms than it is, for example, to publish a blog post um, and testing out, right? A couple of content ideas there. And if they take off or the one that does take off, that's probably like an interesting place for you to do a little bit more work and digging in and thinking, hey, maybe this particular topic for this particular new program is actually where we should spend our time, the little time that we do have on content strategy and SEO work, because we know that the topic is is at least interesting to our, our audience, which is on Instagram or, or TikTok. And so I, I love what I think that that's like maybe a one example of what it could look like yeah. to fire with a bullet, right? And then follow yeah. that up with, all right, now over the next 12 months, we're really going to focus our content strategy on, you know, topic A. And, and, and the bullets don't always have to represent dollars. They can represent time. Yeah. Because yeah, we also, 
some institutions are able to do some of these things in-house, but they don't have the time to do it. And if it's rewriting content using a different platform, how do we find the bullets rather than the cannonballs? And that's 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 how you begin to shift. Yeah, I feel like on the the email front, the digital ad front, it's yeah, it's all about that time, maybe not even dollars of I think some people maybe take the approach of, well, I only have five hundred dollars for this ad, like I'm just gonna throw it out there, rather than trying to be super intentional with the ad copy and maybe not leading with like you know, the number of apply now. This is our deadline date you see. And it's like, all right, that's not enticing me to do anything. Spend more time trying to be creative, come up with something that's that's compelling, show unique value prop, whatever. Add more personalization to emails, detail why this might be a good fit for this person. Segment more so that you can become more personalized. Fire those bullets off, see which one kind of resonate with people the most. Mm-hmm. And if you have even decent software, you can track how all of those perform. Compare that to your averages that you've built up over years and then determine where you should put more time and emphasis. Same thing going back to your SEO point, Zach, of like, you have all these program pages. It might not even be, the best starting point might not even be additional content, but go tweak keywords and copy on a program page. Pick one, run it through, you know, Google Scraper, determine what keywords you could potentially rank for, make some augmentations, and then kind of measure that over time. If that works, move on to your next program. And you're kind of working through a system there rather than, oh, let me just try this new thing because it's a new thing. Hopefully it works out for me. Um, And again, take that approach. And I think it's hard for people to then argue with like, I don't think that's worth our time. And it's like, have you seen the increases we've seen because of these changes? You know, it makes it probably a little bit more easier of a fight too for somebody that wants to do those types of things or wants to be a little more creative with their time. You're almost justifying why you should shift your, your role slightly to focus on these, you know, newer, cooler, more exciting things that also have value, you know, from a marketing and admission standpoint. Another thing that just came to mind, I think that there there's this trap that we can fall into mentally thinking that, yeah, being a little bit more creative is just, I can't afford that time, right? Like you're, you're, you're saying, Shane, and in reality, it's like, sometimes this can be as simple as like stepping away for like a second, being like, all right, I have three minutes. Is there anything I could do in three minutes to make this slightly more engaging? And simply asking that question, right, will at least yield a different result because you'll probably go and you'll change like one or two things, right? Like, and, you know, best case scenario, it performs better. Worst case scenario, you spent three additional minutes working on something and now you know that, you know what, hey, maybe maybe this approach, you know, isn't that great. That could be the decision, like as simple as like whether or not you include an emoji in a subject line or whether or not you, you know, in, instead of opening with a, hey, Shane, you just drop the personalization to begin with at the, at the you know, offset and then you include Shane's name like halfway down the email, mm-hmm. right? So as he's quickly skimming, he sees his name and then he's drawn into, okay, what, what's going on in the copy here and those are the those are, i think are the really really like you know small potentially wonderfully impactful things that can happen when you spend literally two or three additional minutes thinking about it yeah mickey i'm curious what you you think about um you know firing all these bullets when do you know right you get your hit well what's the hit how do you know it's a hit is mm-hmm. is one more lead is 51 versus 50 uh a hit or is that just some dumb luck. Um, and how do you know when, on, when you get that cannonball? Well, right. So um, we want to know if it's dumb luck, but I think, you know, it depends on the area where we're, where we're firing, but when we talk about marketing, we're talking about efficiency is it changes in, in role and putting more time into, into something. But uh, I think the key is saying, okay, what is a strike? 
when we land it, what does that mean? And if it's, I need to generate more leads because I just keep working with the same company to buy leads every year and they're fewer or, or I'm converting less. So if it's fewer leads, I need more. Maybe I've got the same number of leads, but they're converting less. And so now I need to think about conversion. And so what is that ultimate goal we're solving for? What is that bullet meant to do? What does it mean to land? And once we know conversion or once we know uh, just in quantity, I'm trying to increase quantity. If that's what it is, then, okay, let's look at what I'm spending. What is that ROI value of what I get from this purchase versus this other avenue. And it's not necessarily to say it has to outperform by X percent, is how does it even compare? Mm. Uh, Because sometimes if it's your first shot versus your 10th shot, you should be much closer after, you know, nine other shots than you're Mm -hmm. in your first one. And so it's, it's, it's not saying it has to perform as well, but if it performs, you know, you throw a 10th of your money and you get zero leads from it or, 5% 5% or 2% leads that you need rather than 10 to 15% leads from it. Then you got to think about, you know, what is, is that, was that the right bullet? And I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm way off course. I've got to shift. And I think the key is that, you know, you've got that measurement point, something to look at, and then you know whether or not to shift what you did, tweak it, or you need to do something vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing for people to keep in mind also, because, you know, on the extremes, maybe, You've never done digital advertising. You start doing digital advertising. Correct. Your first ad is not going to just blow up and you're going to get tons it's of people. Stinks. Right? Yeah. And you need, you also just need to start building some of that awareness with the same target audience. And they need to see that ad numerous times, variations of that ad. It's not like they're going to see an ad for the very first time. And they're like, yep, and I'm enrolling in this institution. I'm the type of person, if I'm doing that for the first time, I'm not paying somebody else. Yeah. I'm doing it myself. I, I want to experience, I want to see, I want to know what type of work it takes to do mm-hmm. um, so that I have a better idea of how to assess what I, if, when, and if I outsource it. And I'll look at that. If, if that's not you and you're outsourcing first, the key is understanding that you have aligned expectations because mm-hmm. what you might have in your mind that you're going to get from this might be very different from what the other person, whether that's the same number that you're going to get in return Mm -hmm. or whether what a return is, if it's a higher conversion rate or a larger quantity, those are two different things. And a lot of times agencies might be thinking that you need more leads, not more conversions. And if you don't go in with that agreement in place, what they're designing may not give you the outcome that you're expecting. And you might say, oh, that was a bad bullet. No, no, no. You just didn't have the same type of bullet you were talking about. Right. Uh, and that's really, I think, key. And that's where that measurement. And it's not just waiting to the end to do that measurement. What is it you're measuring? Right. What is it you need to know and measure before you fire the bullet so then you can really assess that? Well, it's been a, it's been a privilege, everybody. And I, I'm leaving you in great hands. And Mickey, we're just going to have to find other excuses to, to get together now. I mean, my gosh, you only have 32 podcasts. So, <laughs> Zach, good to see you to kick off this season. Shane, I'm really looking forward to these next episodes as we dive into chatbots, we dive into SMS, and our pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> Can't wait. Yep. Until then, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey y'all, Zach from Enrollify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. 
Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.